Hello, and welcome to the Data Cloud Podcast. Today, we have a really special episode for you. We're going to do a deep dive into the retail and consumer packaged goods industries. With insights from some of our top experts, we're going to tackle some of the biggest data challenges facing retail today. Topics like being consumer-centric with your data, navigating the pandemic supply chain, improving products, and so much more. First, Graham McVie, who's the Managing Director of Data Science and Analytics at Logic Information Systems, is going to break down what retail is and how data impacts it. At its simplest level, retail is about people buying stuff. So those people are the shoppers and that stuff is the product. And when retailers are making their decisions, they want to understand as much as they can about those people, the shoppers, and about the products that are being demanded by the marketplace so they can work out what products to buy, what quantities to buy them in, how to move those products through the supply chain, and then how to serve their customers in the stores. So if you've got a lot of different systems that don't talk to each other, that whole end-to-end process becomes very complex. So what we found is that retailers have three key areas that they need to address from this perspective. The first area is they need to have a, a sort of data platform that brings all of that information together. And Snowflake is a, a great solution for that. So you need a data model to make everything consistent. And that's where Roblink comes in. Now, before I started working in retail, some of the challenges of retail data were not at all obvious to me. One that I found which was surprising but then made sense to me is around the area of costs. Now, you'd think that when a retailer buys an item from a supplier, it has a cost associated with it, and that would be the end of it. You'd be able to take that cost of goods, you'd be able to work out what your gross margin is, and that would be simple. The problem is retailers oftentimes have multiple cost elements in their internal systems. So sometimes there's one retailer I worked with where they had a list cost, then they had a net cost, mm. a net net cost, and a dead net cost. So if you have different people in different parts of your organization not using the same cost to calculate gross margin, you have people that are talking past each other. So that's one example where Roebling standardizes all of that. They have all the standardized hierarchies, they have all the standardized metrics, they have the standardized timeframes. So everybody's talking about the same thing in the same way so decisions can get made consistently. Then once you've finished with the data model piece, you then need to make that information available to the business decision makers. So you need a reporting solution on top of that to give the business decision makers access to the insights and information that they need on a very timely basis. So I think about that as putting the data and insights at the fingertips of business decision makers in a way that enables them to make the best possible decision in the shortest possible amount of time. So you need solutions across those three different areas in order to be effective across all your different functional areas in the high-paced changing environment that is retail. Mani Gopalakrishnan, Vice President of Digital Transformation at Kraft Heinz, knows that once you get those three key areas lined up, you're set up to create a better product for your customer. At the heart of this is us creating a thorough understanding of our consumers. We're living in this interesting time where we have a lot of data and with that data comes a great responsibility. We take our consumer data, anonymized, and do aggregate analysis on that particular data. So I may not know that Joe down the street brought our ketchup, but I would know that people in Chicago, Illinois area with such a demographic brought such and such product. 
that could be our product or our competitor's product. We are also able to decompose the, the ingredient levels in our products. And we are able to not only use that for building enterprise cost drivers, but also help our research and development teams to, on how to think about creating new products. So we're able to bring in Consumer 360 to life by not only our own data, but also working with several partners and bring it to life in a very anonymized and aggregate way. We are also, and I may use this word more generously, called Competitor 360, which is where we are looking at our products, decomposing our products, and then matching it up against our competitor products and saying where and how we can continuously improve our products. And then maybe I will take that even further and say Insights 360 and how we're able to glean everything that's publicly available and identify the demand landscape and the trends even before they are here. Now, all of that are in various stages of maturity in the journey as we speak. And at least the consumer 360 journey that we have started and accelerated gives me confidence and hope that we can help, we can create a data platform that can help the entire company be more consumer obsessed. Vaibhav Kulkarni, Vice President of Engineering and Data Science at PepsiCo, knows that being customer obsessed is more important now than ever. As the world adapts to new ways of living and working, being consumer-centric is more important than ever. Consumers are increasingly turning online for their food and beverages needs. We launched this initiative, PantryShop.com, our direct-to-consumer initiative, where uh, shoppers can quickly and easily order their favorite products and get it delivered to their doorstep. We developed this site within less than 30 days in response to consumer evolving needs during these uncertain times last year. From data perspective, we do some user level analytics to better serve our consumers. At the same time, we mainly use this data for forecasting and supply chain planning purposes. As we use data to learn more about our customers, that naturally leads into creating a more personalized product, which data plays a crucial role in facilitating. Arnie Leap, CIO of 1-800-Flowers.com, Inc., has the unique perspective of using data to understand personalization when the end user isn't always your customer. The gifting paradigm, as it relates to personalization, is a very complicated process to go through because we engage with our customers. Sometimes it's self-consumption, other times it's a gift. And what makes the gifting portion of it more challenging for us is we allow our customers to express themselves to their friends and loved ones directly from our platform, meaning you can fill out a greeting card and we can send it our, the gift directly to them. It doesn't have to come to your house first. You don't have to wrap it and then put a card on it and then put it back in a box and then send it off to the to them. So the convenience of being able to gift directly is an important one for any retailer, especially for us and in, in the way we approach the marketplace. Data, as it relates to being once removed, is even harder to manage because you have to manage some level of context some level of, of relationship between the parties, meaning customer and 
their wife or their spouse, their husband, their daughter, their son, daughter-in-law, aunts, uncles, right? So all of a sudden you got to manage relationships and do a whole bunch of other things within the data set. And what eventually happens is, is you still need that at your fingertips or at your at the beck and call at the time that the customer or consumer decides that they want to express themselves. So there's an awful amount of data that needs to be available and readily available at our fingertips to help personalize the engagement of our platform. And whether it be by mobile device, by tablet, by desktop, by chat, messaging, or voice with a a customer service agent, all of those channels all need to be fulfilled with the right data at the right time, with the proper context. And Snowflake provides, because it's cloud-based, gives us the ability to morph the edges of the cloud to each one of those channels differently while providing a reasonably seamless experience for our customers. Snowflake has made some great technological advances in the last year or so by launching their Node.js interface. Mm. So our headless commerce platform, which is that has and supports Node.js, our developers can actually access data directly from the Snowflake warehouse and from the cloud directly in a secure manner, providing context to our website and our presentation layers to the different devices that are available. Mm -hmm. And what does that do actually? I mean, what it does is it just changes the paradigm and the equation of how we deliver data to the front side to be able to present some level of engaging interface for our customers to express themselves. It It is quite amazing to be able to actually sit here and say that versus where we were five, seven, eight years ago. Jeff Buck, CEO of Roblin, has seen how all of these technological developments and personalization have impacted targeted advertising. As the environment for retail gets more complex, the need for analytics and data management as a result of that becomes greater and greater because there's no really one system that's going to handle all of this complexity. There is there are all these different ways that, that retailers have adapted to the changing world. And one of those ways is to implement new systems for, for that. So when they have questions about what to do next with all of the change that happens, they need something that, that answers those, those questions. And what's also been so interesting, especially in, in COVID, is the increase in, in advertising digitally. So because of the information that's available, you're able to target your advertising much, much more finely than ever before. And so that could be time of day, day of week, but then also who and what you deliver to them in a personalized experience becomes also possible. So some people think that maybe the target advertising is a little bit creepy and it's going to change with uh, with all, all of the regulations around cookies and that kind of thing. However, I think it adds value to our experience when retailers know us better. And so retailers are now adding in that, that component to the way that they merchandise, 
to, to the way that they stock their stores, to the way that they talk to you. And I think that that's actually getting us closer to where we should be, which is a very personal experience with our retailers. COVID hasn't just impacted how we advertise. Headlines over the past few years have been dominated by supply chain issues impacting retailers of every size. Patrick DeRosso, Vice President of Enterprise Data Management and Under Armour, has seen firsthand what data and analytics can do to help stabilize your supply chain. This whole concept of supply chain has come to the forefront of everybody's mind. I think it's, it's fantastic and not unique to us. So that that is where we are and really trying to work our way through the the challenges that that COVID has brought with being able to not only produce, but deliver our, our products to our end consumers. I think the other thing that, that COVID actually probably brought to the forefront, not directly, but also as a result is the concept and, and the uh, sustainability. So just really, how do we really drive circularity around our products as well and, and ensure we know where they're being sourced from, how they're being sourced and, and everything else. And, and to answer your question on the data and analytics, I mean, the, and really to, to drive efficiency and improve the operations of those things, it requires data. It really requires data and, and receiving that data closer from our, our sourcing partners, our, our entire logistics and distribution, all the way up to the, when we actually sell that product. So data, data and analytics has, has played a huge part in that entire life cycle. Sheila Jordan, the Chief Digital Technology Officer at Honeywell, shares how she tackled how the supply chain issues and inflation impacted real-time pricing challenges. We have over 4 million sellable SKUs. The volume is just significant. So, so now we're pricing those 4 million sellable SKUs in near real time. So that's really exciting. And then, as you know, the supply chain with COVID and where we are right now has become a significant challenge for most businesses, and especially those in, that have inventory has become a significant issue in supply chain. So what we're trying to do is to figure out, okay, what does all this mean and understand the challenges that this is offering us and every industrial company is dealing with this. So we started to see these increases in inflation. And so we're like, okay, if these increases where inflation came really like last minute and they were pretty significant. So during a discussion, we said, well, why can't we tie inflation to our pricing? You know, why can't we link that together? So that's a really significant thing we put into, into play like the fall of last year. The same with surcharge. You know, we basically were in some businesses we were charging surcharge and others we weren't. So we said, well, why? Let's look at what the reasonable fair market value is for surcharge. You know, Amazon charges us all off shipping, right? So what's the surcharge we could apply or shipping we could charge that's reasonable and responsible, but also we're consistent. So there's a whole bunch of things. Again, the value of the enterprise data warehouses to link those pieces of data together that normally sit in a transactional system, but now you have an opportunity to link those together to deliver this kind of value. When tech leaders in retail are making these kinds of decisions, the customer is directly impacted. Graham McVee is no stranger to seeing how high the stakes are firsthand. So when retailers make assortment decisions, oftentimes they'll they'll do what they call stack and rank, and they'll rank all their items based on sales, and they'll cut off the tail. So the ones down the bottom that don't sell a lot, what we oftentimes find, though, is the ones down the bottom that don't sell are oftentimes very important to your most loyal customers. And there's not another item in the assortment that they would substitute in for that option. We oftentimes find it's items somewhere in the middle of the stack that actually do have other items that will be substitutable for a customer. So you're oftentimes better keeping those ones down the bottom 
that are more valuable to your most loyal customers and don't mm. substitute and making some changes in the middle of the section where they've got high substitutability and aren't necessarily important to your most loyal customers. Mm. Because to, to what you and Jeff were both saying, you know, I, I have a, a belief that the, the retailers that best satisfy customer needs will win in the market. You know, if, if you're doing a really good job of satisfying your customer needs, why would they go somewhere else? But there's two like fundamental components that underpin that. The first is you actually have to understand what your customer needs are. So you need the customer data to be able to do that analysis. And then secondly, you actually have to be able to take actions so you can consistently satisfy those customer needs. So if you don't have the data platform, the model, and uh, upon which you can build the analytics, you won't get to that level of understanding. And unless you can actually get to actionable and executable insights to satisfy customer needs, you won't be able to win in the marketplace with shoppers so you can continue to earn their loyalty and grow your business in a profitable way. So uh, in some regards, there's a, there was a personal example I had recently, which I don't know if any of you will be able to relate to this, but my kids after uh, the holidays, when they were going back to school, they actually had to have a, a COVID test um, you know, before they went back to school. So I went online to one of the big drug chains to see who had the home test kits online. And I found my local store that had it. And I was like, great. And there were some other stores that were out of stock, but this store had. So I drove up to the store. And when I got up to the store, there was a handwritten note had been stuck to the door saying, we are sold out of right. at-home test kits. And I was like, well, that's frustrating. And the problem with that is the retailer didn't have the systems in place to update their data in real time and then connect it to their inventory that then connected to their website so they would tell me that it was out of stock. So that's why you need these data platforms. You need them to be real time. You need all the systems to be connected so you can get that experience to be what your customers want it to be. Giving our customers something they're happy with is our ultimate goal. And using the data-backed decision-making skills we've covered today is the surest way to get there. We'll close out with Arnie Leap sharing what he thinks is the ultimate secret to using your data in the best way possible. The challenges about processing data will haunt man forever. <laughs> the human race, the human race will forever be challenged by processing data. The question is, is how good are you at using certain tools and how creative can you be? For example, not everybody's a carpenter. And there are certain people I would not trust swinging a hammer. There are also certain people that know how to draw a wonderful picture of, you know, their family and loved ones and hang it on a wall that I wouldn't necessarily trust certain people with a pencil. So what tools are available and what skills do you have? And this gets back to the, the notion of how do I, as a CIO, enable enough of the team at the right times with the right tools to make them successful in what they do. Right. right. And four years ago, we made the conscious decision to ramp down some of the investments in the data warehousing because we knew we were going to shift gears. Right. We built up a war chest. We started looking at different tools and different capabilities, understanding roadmaps of certain companies that in their tool sets and how they work and so forth. Then as we, you know, all of a sudden we have this wonderful pool of assets that we can go acquire tools at the right time at the right place when the team's ready to actually approach that problem or solve that specific challenge and then take advantage of it appropriately. 
and it is timing. It, it timing's a big piece of it. It's one thing to have the data. It's another to be able to leverage it. And then it's even more important to be able to take advantage of it at the right time. As we learned today, the world of retail is as ever-changing as the world of data. Luckily, we have a ton of experts on hand to help us navigate that ever-changing landscape. We hope you enjoyed this special episode of the Data Cloud Podcast. Until next time. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com data cloud world tour.